You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. going hopefully in April, uh, COVID depending, COVID and finances depending, we'll be going to in April to Buenos Aires, Argentina. That's the capital of the country in South America. Uh, it's a really strategic city. Um, people from all over the region of Latin America go to Buenos Aires for different reasons, study, uh, work, and we will be heading up a new project called The Harbor. Um, and The Harbor uh, is this project that seeks to be a vibrant international community where there is biblical transformation and students are empowered to multiply committed disciples through four strategic areas. That's our mission statement, it's kinda long, I'm still memorizing it, sorry. Had to read that, but uh, this is this is the harbor. Uh, and the four strategic areas, we like to say that the first one is a harbor for all nations. Uh, currently, we have a location there, a church there, that was actually started by the Japanese-Brazilian Conference for Japanese speakers in Argentina, if you're following along. Uh, so over the years, things happen, churches change a little bit. Um, and so it's now a multicultural church and they have this desire to not just reach Japanese Argentinians, but to reach all nations. Um, the church is kind of small now, there's only about five, but they're on a roll because they have uh, Brazilians, Japanese, Argentinians, Bolivians, Colombians, hopefully Peruvian and American. So they're on their, they're on their way to being this multicultural church. And so uh, that's the first part we'll be going, we'll be pastoring that church there. Uh, the second part is a harbor for students. Um, on the location, they have room for university students to stay there. The University of Buenos Aires is the best university in Latin America. So students from all over come uh, to study there. Um, and so we will be ministering with emerging leaders from our free Methodist churches from around the region who want to study a professional career, but also want to figure out how that career connects to uh, ministry. So we'll be like RDs, uh, resident directors, kind of helping them with day-to-day -day life, but also pastoral formation, ministerial uh, coaching. They'll be helping with the different areas of ministry there. The third is a harbor for the community. Uh, the location, the building there, has four storefronts. Uh, we don't know what we're going to do with those yet. It could be micro-enterprise, it could be community center, different kinds of community programming. When we get there and we get to know the community and what they're good at, what they're passionate about, what they need, then we'll be able to know exactly what that'll look like. But we want it to be a space where the community can come and be and, and do life together. And then lastly, it's a harbor for leaders. Um, in Latin America, we have this church planting strategy called community church planting, which is like small house churches that could meet in a house or a coffee shop, but instead of having to have the overhead of a big building, they can meet and you raise up leaders and send them out as they're being trained. And so we'll be having a training center there. The students will be involved, members of the church will be involved so that we can have multiple churches over the city of Buenos Aires. It takes like two hours to get from one end of the city to the other. So having people all come to one central location is not the best, the best idea because it's just uh, impossible. And so that is kind of a little bit about our project there, those four strategic areas. And that's where we are. Uh, this is an exciting project and the opportunities are there. 
Uh, we had a couple of meetings with people from the church in Argentina already, and we're excited to start uh, working again, God willing, in April. In, uh, but we're in this process of partnership building. Free Methodist World Missions requires us to raise our budget for the next year first, and we are almost there. We're not that far. Actually, we did the math. We're down to about 28, 29 people if they were to commit like $50 a month, or it could also be $25 a month, or 30, or 15. Uh, as I always share, if the Lord provides and the Lord leads, then uh, you know whatever He would put in your heart, if you guys would be interested in becoming part of the Harbor Project, this is also an invitation as we're in this process of partnership building to go to different churches and asking uh, individuals and churches to come alongside to be part of this church planting movement and leadership development strategy in Latin America. So if you would just pray and consider it and leave it up to the Lord, and if He provides and He leads, great. If he provides and he leads somewhere else, I mean, there's a lot of mission work, missionary work around the world with the Free Methodist Church. And if he leads, I need us to provide, pray for his provision, that he would provide as well. Uh, it's a lot of faith, a journey of faith, and a way in which you can partner. It would be not only financially, but also through prayer. Uh, we have some prayer cards over there at the table. By the way, at the end, feel free to stop by. You have any questions, you can sign up for a newsletter so you can be up to date with Okay, what's going on at the ministry in Argentina? Uh, so you can pray for it. It's been uh, in this process of partnership building, one of the most meaningful things that have happened to us, aside from meeting new people, it's like every now and then we get a text message or an email or a phone call of people just saying, hey, we are praying for you and we're praying for the people in Argentina. I mean, and what a great way to partner is that. So anyway, so if you would consider that, you can again not only stop by there, but also you can follow us on Facebook Oh, it's over there and there, I guess. So we have a Facebook page called We Rosados 3. So again, We Rosados in 3, because now we are 3. So and, uh, feel free to find out more information. You can also sign up for a bulletin uh, or newsletter uh, on Facebook. Okay, so that uh, is a little bit about uh, where we're going. And we really are excited about it. This is an amazing project. We have a little bit of, it's a big project. So we're like, okay, this is going to be, fun, awesome, scary, wonderful, all at the same time, which really is what following the Lord's all about. Um, but we uh, don't think it would be complete just to share this exciting future that we're going to without sharing a bit of the journey uh, that has brought us to this place. Um, and so we're going to be sharing a little bit of that story um, and a word of encouragement from, from the Bible. And we pray that this would be an encouragement to you um, in your walk where God has you right now. And um, so if we could go to Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 and 18, I think we have it over there. We're going to read from the scripture in uh, anywhere, I guess, over here. If you're looking at your Bible, I can give you a second so you can get there. And again, this is a story that in our process, it has been a blessing to us. It has been an encouragement. We have found that our story is not unique. And we're going to share a little bit about our story but that a lot of people, most of us go through similar seasons. So we pray and we hope that as we share this story, uh, may that be a blessing to your life and to, to your walk with the Lord. And it says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. 
Very interesting that it says, instead of going through the Philistine country, they went, which was shorter, they ended up going the longer route through the Red Sea. And there's a map there, if you guys wanna look at it. You see, Egypt is over here. Canaan is over there where the arrow is at the very end, the black arrow. So if you notice, they could have just walked through. No need to go through the Red Sea. No need, of course, to spend 40 years. Talk about a longer route. God definitely taught him a very long route. And that was a very common route at the time. Remember that two, 300 years earlier, Joseph had been sold into slavery from Canaan to Midianite merchants. There was, it was a trading route. It was very known so that Israel, they knew when they were the lower <laughs> led and through the Red Sea, it's like, this is the wrong route. I, we should be going that way instead of this way. So quite a moment for them. This is not the way we're supposed to go, Lord. This is not it. Imagine what they might have thought, what they might have felt, but the Lord led them that way. However, as we read in the scripture, you know, it is in, in this Exodus where they experienced Jehovah Jireh, their provider, remember the manna from heaven, where they experienced Jehovah Rapha, their healer, Jehovah Nisi, their banner in the, the battle against the Amalekites in Rephidim, where they became one nation. Remember, at this point, the Israelites were just wanderers, an outgrown population living in Egypt. And they were in the desert, they were wanderers, but it is in Mount Sinai where they become a nation. The law comes to them, the Ten Commandments. God tells them in Mount Sinai, you will be my people, and I will be your God. Quite a moment. Without the, had they just gone the shorter route, it would have been different. And this story has been a blessing to us. And we're going to pray, as we just opened with this scripture, that may the Lord speak to us. Maybe some of us have, are going through longer routes. Maybe some of us are going through places or making decisions that I don't know if this is the best decision, the best place, but a place where we can invite God into the journey that maybe we have an encounter with him. Father, I pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, for my brothers and sisters at 1208. Thank you very much for your presence that goes before us, around us, behind us, Lord. And thank you because you have a purpose and you can make a purpose out of the worst of situations, Father, I pray that may you talk to our hearts. Father, that you reach our souls, the core of our beings, Lord God, and plan your word, Father, and may you give fruit in our lives, Lord God. Father, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this time, Lord, and will you speak to us, Lord? We welcome you here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share the next slide in... Sorry, my nose is not very... It's a little aerodynamic. I don't know what to say. The mask keeps going down. Sorry about that, I gotta keep pushing it. So let me know, uh, this, is, this was a picture of us when we started the process of partnership building. Let's see if you can pay attention to some details. If you can find the differences when you look at that picture. What do you notice that is different so far that doesn't line up with what we share? Our baby's a lot bigger. <laughs> Our baby's a lot bigger, that's right. It's been a long process, it's been like two years. She has no hair. Maybe in a few years, even me, who has no hair, who knows, right? What else? It's a big, a big detail there. What? Yeah, you saw Argentina here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You guys got it right. It says Greece. What happened to Argentina? We're just sure we're going to Argentina. We were going to Greece, 
Uh, we thought we were going to Greece. Uh, we sold our home in Florida, leaving for Greece. We were supposed to be here in Michigan just for a couple of months on the way there, as Danny's from Michigan, and we know some people here. And two months turned into a year. It's been a, over a year already. So we say goodbye to friends. We quit our jobs. We were excited. We were sharing already at churches. This is a slide of our presentation almost two years ago. We started sharing, hey, we feel, we believe the Lord is calling us to Greece to serve him. So we left everything behind and we were wrong. We thought, Lord, this is the way we're supposed to go. But um, due to, to visa reasons, we couldn't get a visa, we couldn't get a visa, we couldn't get a visa for our daughter. And you know, we like her, so we really wanted to bring her along. So obviously that was a deal breaker. We cannot go. And guys, I wish I could be here telling you, have faith, be, you know, and we have faith, and we always believe, never doubt our calling. But that wouldn't be true. We really had a lot of, remember we were sharing different churches, and we felt like a failure. It's like, because we believe we were going somewhere else, we believe our calling was in a different direction. So we really mourned it. It was, it was a sad time. We had no jobs because I had quit it. We had no home because I had saw that we were staying with some friends in their basement. They were so kind to, to host us there. Uh, our little daughter, Elia, her room was a closet. We would open the door so to give her like an extra three feet, you felt like a little bit like a bedroom. So we were in our mid-30s, 36. I, I guess I shouldn't tell you how old we are. We look younger. Anyways, we were in our mid-30s, living in the basement of our friend's house with no jobs, no house, no direction of what was next. That is not what you think. I mean, you guys are very young. I hope that is not your goal in your mid-30s, living in my, in my friend's basement. Sometimes that's just a longer route. And guys, it was really hard on us. But God was faithful. And we prayed, and we just seek his presence. I wish I could tell you we found answers, like an angel from heaven, or someone had a dream that told us, oh, you're going to go to Argentina. But that wasn't the case. There was no place to go at the time. We didn't know what to do. But I'll tell you what we found. We found, we found God's healing. We didn't get the answer, but we found his healing. Again, spiritual healing. Someone said, like, uh, when Jesus is all you have, Jesus is all you need. And we didn't have anything else to hang on to. All we had is him, so we just free fell into the hands of our Savior and his love and his mercy and, and seeking his presence and his answers. Though we didn't find him, we found healing from our Lord. That is Jehovah Rapha. We also found his provision. Talking about Jehovah Jireh, our provider. About at the end of January, again, I had no job. I started driving for Uber, but I realized, okay, this is not going to make it because we still have our, our plans to do. We have, we got to make more decisions. So uh, I sent a text message to a co-worker that had moved from Florida to Dearborn. And I used to be a, work at a sales manager. I used to coach people to always ask for the sale. That's what you do. I used to work at an insurance company. So I sent her a text message. Hey, this is a long shot. I can only commit for six months. Unfortunately, I cannot commit for me because I don't know what I'm doing after that. But would you give me a job? <laughs> would you guys consider hiring me? So I just asked for it. And they replied and said, yes, we would like to hire you. Even if it's for six months, even though it's a two-month training. And that was, two, <laughs> that was two or three weeks before quarantine began. 
I remember I was with my training class and we didn't know they were just gonna fire us because quarantine had begun and it is a two month training. But no, they actually let us finish our training at home. And I, until today, I continue to work from home and the Lord provided. I remember having my job uh, offer letter. With that letter, I went and we rented a place. Sometimes they ask you for pay stops. Well, this guy just asked us for a job offer letter at least. And we got, we got a home and a place to stay. We found his provision for this difficult time. We found his support, and that's such a lovely thing. Um, they were friends. We shared that we were staying with some friends. Their, name, uh, their names are Dustin and Megan. Um, they allowed us to stay with them, but they were just such an encouragement. They would pray for us. They would mourn with, with us. They would walk with us. I remember calling pastors that I had told them, uh, you know, we were gonna go to Greece, and I had to call them, Pastor Jerry, remember? We're gonna, we're gonna come to our church in two weeks. Actually, we have to come. Or this other pastor, Jason in Florida. Hey, I need to tell you this. We're not going to Greece. And they would say things like, hey, don't worry, our support is with you guys. It's not with the places, with the Rosados. And we believe in your calling. At this point, we didn't know where our calling was. But there were people from outside telling us, we believe in your calling. There were people sending us text messages I had shared a moment ago, emails. This is lady, this sister, uh, Jane Klein from Florida. She's, I know, 70 years old, 80 years old. Uh, and she would just send us text messages every other week. We are praying for you guys. We are praying for you. And guys, that really, that really meant a lot. That really did a lot for us. Didn't find answers, but we found his healing, his provision, his support. We found that weak faith the moves to action is far more valuable than a strong faith that does nothing. We found a weak faith that moves to action, it's enough. As I said, we really doubted. I wish I could tell now we didn't doubt for a second. But there was a lot of things, a lot of questions that we had. Why this, Lord, why that? When this, when that? But we found that a little bit of faith that would just take you to continue to trust Him for that very same day. There was this song that we started listening a little, Raise Hallelujah. It became an anthem for our lives. You know, we would sing it, and Elia would sing it. She learned a song, you know, in the presence of... I'm a terrible singer, I'm sorry. It's such a contrast with Jamin. Presence of my enemies. I'm sorry, I ruined the song for everyone already. But it became such an anthem. In the presence, in, in, the, in the unbelief, a race of Hallelujah. Just enough faith just to sing that song, just to worship, to continue to believe. But that was enough just to, to trust. And there is uh, this uh, Pastor Timothy Keller, he shares a story or analogy that imagine you're falling off a cliff. You're falling and you see a little branch and you say, oh, there's no way this branch is gonna help me. I don't really think. But again, you're falling, you have nothing else to hang on to. So what do you do? Even, you do, even though you don't believe in that, you just stretch out your arm and you hang on to it and it saves you. And so he says, it is not the strength of our faith, but the strength of the object of our faith. And if that is God, you are good. Even little faith, that was the whole point of the, little, the mustard seed faith. That is enough. If that little tiny faith, as I tell you, a little, little, tiny, 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 that is enough. It moves you to action, to continue to trust. And lastly, um, there is this, you go to the next slide, Jeremiah 29. It's probably a passage that you have heard a lot. 
29, 11 through 14. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Oh, how much I wish, how much that was my prayer. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity, will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carry you into exile. I recently read through the book of Jeremiah, and to read from first to last chapter, and that gave me a lot of context for this, for this passage. Do you know when this passage, when the Lord spoke this passage? As the, as, he, as the people of Israel was being taken into captivity to Babylon during the exile, as they were literally being stripped away from their homes, the Lord says, for I know the plans I have for you. What the most unlikely of moments to hear those words? You're being stripped away, you're, you're going away from the promised land, which was Judah, you're being taken away from there. And the Lord says, for I know the plans I have for you. And even um, the verses after that talks about those who stay in Judah, they're doing it against God's will. And there will be consequences for those who stay. So God was saying, my presence, I'm leading you into the exile. But if you follow me, that is where the blessing is. So in other words, the right place is not the place itself. Sometimes the right decision is not the decision itself. The right place is wherever his presence is. And that was such an encouraging word for us, because we didn't know what was next, just to seek his presence. The right place is not the place itself, it's wherever his presence is. When I, when I hear Rodrigo tell us, tell us that, and the first time I heard him say, I want to share this, the first thought that came to my mind is, how did we get there? Um, how do we get to the place uh, where the right place is the presence and not the place itself? Um, we thought Greece was the place. Obviously, it's not. We can't get a visa. So how do we get to that place? And this is the most important question because how do we get there? How do you get there in those longer journeys that you're going on when you thought point A to point B and, and God said, no, we're going to go over here and do a little zigzag. How do we get to that place? Um, where his presence is the most important thing. And it's one word, it's kind of a churchy word, um, and I've preached enough messages about this, but I really think that this is the key to it all, and the word is surrender. Um, and surrender just means to say, okay, not me, I give up, it's about you. You have to surrender your plans, surrender your hopes, your dreams, give up. What you, who you think you are for what God knows you are and fall into his arms, remembering that his presence is the right place. And those months that we didn't know where we were going, that's what we did. Well, we wanted at first to just like, hurry up, let's figure out where we're going, figure out where we're going. I contacted Jamin and said, let's, let me preach. We didn't know where we were going in May. I just remember that. I was like, why was I going to preach? We, we didn't know where we were going. Um... But the Lord said, no, my presence is where you're supposed to be. And he did not cause the pandemic for us, but it gave us this place, this lockdown to just be in his presence. 
And in one of those moments where I was spending time with the Lord and, and what our next steps was this conversation and this constant tension, uh, what are we going to do? Um, I was, Rodrigo and I write notes to each other sometimes because we have a toddler and sometimes writing is the best communication when you don't necessarily want little ears to hear. And I realized as I was trying to write all of these thoughts and my opinions that it was really that my thoughts and my opinions and that wasn't going to sway what Rodrigo thought or where God was leading or where his presence was going and what I really had to do was to give that up and say it's not my choice I had to stop fighting and let God fight for us and I, in that moment, I, I really did sob. I was like, it wasn't just crying. It was like that ugly cry, sobbing for an hour as I just gave up everything that I had been holding on to, where I thought we were going and why I thought we were doing it. And I had Spotify playing in my earbuds and, uh, you know, it picks the song for you, you know, it's like a shuffle. And it was these songs that I'd never heard of God's faithfulness over and over and there's this one song i know we're running short on time but i just want to read you some of the words um it says i'm so confused i know i heard you loud and clear so i followed through and somehow i ended up here and i don't want to think that i may never understand that my broken heart is a part of your plan when i try to pray all i have is hurt and these four words thy will be done. I know you're good, but this doesn't feel good right now. And I know you think of things that I never think about. It's hard to count it all joy, distracted by the noise, just trying to make sense of all your promises. Sometimes I have to stop and remember that you're God and I'm not. So your will be done. And then it goes on to say, I know you see me, I know you hear me. Lord, your plans are for me. Goodness you have in store. So thy will be done. And that is what it takes to get to the place of his presence. That place where you say, you know what? Your presence, your will, that is the place where I want to be even if I don't understand. And I got to tell you, within two weeks of that date, we found out about Argentina. Argentina became a possibility two weeks from that date. I looked it up because I journal. I looked it up to find out when it was. Um, and I wish I could say that I was like, okay, let's do it. But surrender is a daily thing. Giving up your hopes and your dreams, it's a daily thing. And so as we struggled through this, a friend of mine who didn't know about my day of sobbing, only knew we had some options. She said this, pray until you don't care about the outcome anymore. And then God will put the answer in front of you. And a feeling of peace will wash over you and you'll know. She's describing surrender. She said, pray until you don't care about the answer. That is surrender. And I have been holding on to things. I want you guys to do this with me. If you guys can make a clenched fist, like you're holding on to something really tight. I've been holding on to comfort, dreams. I've been holding on to what's best for my daughter. And it was like this. And in that moment where I said, okay, your will be done, I opened my hands. Go ahead and open your hands. You feel that release? That is what it feels like when you say, okay, God, you. 
I read it in a devotional. This guy, his name is J.D. Uh, Walt. He does this devotional called The Daily Text. And a couple of weeks ago, he put it like this. He said, surrender is not the acceptance of defeat, but the declaration of victory. No matter how dark the future may appear. That is what surrender is. It's not saying, I give up, I lose. It's not saying, oh, it's defeat. It's a declaration of victory that the presence of God is better than any place or thing that you are hoping for or holding on to the presence of God. And we can only be there if we allow him in. If we say, okay, no matter how dark it looks outside right now, I'm with you, God, and I know that you will bring the victory. I'm going to end in prayer, um, but our desire is that you really would be blessed by this story of the long way. It's easy to just talk about the victory when you get there, but the long way brings so much healing and, and knowledge and understanding where we find ourselves and we begin to understand what God was trying to teach us all along, that it's not a place. It is his presence. Pray with me. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus, we pray this prayer as a declaration that you indeed do have the victory. And we come before you today, Lord Jesus, and I just pray uh, for me in the daily walk of surrender and for each person here in the building and watching online that they would indeed have that moment where instead of clinging tightly, that they would just go ahead and open their hands and encounter the release and the joy of being in your presence. I thank you, Father God, for this opportunity to share, and I thank you that you continue to teach us this day in and day out. Pray that you would continue to strengthen us, continue to strengthen 1208, to live into your presence, no matter what it looks like outside, no matter what it looks like in the world, that we would continue to live in, uh, further in, into who you are and into your presence. In your name I pray, amen. Now, would you uh, just reach out your hand? Let's pray for the Rosados really quick because they get ready to go into ministry. Uh, God, we just lift up the Rosados. Uh, we thank you for the clarity that you brought them in the midst of difficult times. And we just pray for more clarity. We pray, uh, even in the next few days, that new, um, new answers to old prayers would be given. And that uh, you would expedite um, their ministry forward. In Jesus' name. Amen.